0: title of my message this morning is Getting Ready. Turn to the person next to you and say Getting Ready. I've never preached this before. Uh, I felt the last couple of weeks we had different speakers and and I just feel like there's something percolating in my heart. I feel excited. I feel passionate and I feel like a racehorse ready just to go this morning. And so I'm going to let this out and then we're going to go home and uh, uh, Hallelujah. As far as a theme for all the life churches, the network of churches that we're a part of, uh, we're on a theme this year in 2019 from Jan- Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, which says those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. We split the year into three different parts. The first was knowing God, the second was being strong, and the third, third is doing great exploits. We are right now in the, just in the early stages of being strong. And that's why as a church, we're focusing on stronger marriages, stronger men, stronger relationships. We're giving ourselves to having week-to-week meetings and different forums where we can gather together and talk, where we can learn about and ask questions about what God is saying and how to apply it. I want to thank everybody that came to the meeting, all church meeting, and it was a good time of just q and together and asking questions about what God is doing and where we're at. But I felt provoked um, Right where we're at right now, by God this week. And so, if you can turn in your book, in your Bibles, to the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua. I'm going to read from there. Are you ready? Hands up if you're ready. When you're there, say, I'm there. Joshua. Chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, is aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Everyone say dead. Now then you and all the people get ready, everyone say get ready, to cross over the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, and as I promised Moses, your territory will extend to the deserts of Lebanon and from the great River of the Euphrates and all the Hittite countries to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. But you need to be strong, Joshua. You need to be courageous, because you will lead these people into the into inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to be given to them. Verse seven Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant I gave my servant Moses and do not turn to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth meditate on it day and night the things that i have written in it then you will be prosperous and you will be successful have i not commanded you be strong everyone say be strong and courageous do not be terrified do not be discouraged for the lord your god is with you wherever you go Joshua ordered the the officers to go to the people and to go throughout the camp and tell them to get their supplies ready, because three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land that I have given you. Chapter 3, verse 1, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God and the priest who are the Levites carrying it, you have to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've not been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Everyone say consecrate. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things amongst you. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. If we get ourselves ready, tomorrow God will do amazing things. This time, this morning, I want to talk about preparation. I want to talk about the prophetic. I want to talk about when God speaks. I want to talk about following his presence, I want to talk about following the ark. The ark is no longer in a box now, it's in the hearts of God's people. Prophetic words are not only for celebration, they are for preparation. I'll say that again. Prophetic words are not only for celebration, but for preparation. When God speaks, it's not just we go, yes, we got a prophetic word. It's that prophetic word, that celebration, that word that is alive to say, okay, now there's some preparation that needs to be done. And God says, now Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. It's really interesting. The Bible says that God went for a walk with Moses, but only God came back. If you go to the Holy Lands and you, you go on the tour and see all the places where Jesus came out of the tomb, all of them, and you, you, it's a great tour... But there's one burial ground that you can never find, and that's the gravestone of Moses because they couldn't find it because he went on a walk with God, and only God came back, and no one knows where Moses was buried, and I believe the reason for that is because God did not want them to build monuments to the past. He wanted to speak a fresh word and a new word and say, that season has gone, now I want you, Joshua, to arise, and I want you to be strong, and I want you to be courageous, and I want you to focus on this next season that I've given to you. I want you to celebrate it, but I also now before you cross over in order to do it, you need to prepare. There's a preparation, there's a consecration that has to happen in order for you to achieve everything that God has called us to do. And church for us, there's a celebration when we heard those words from Brian when we heard the different prophetic words about about something old becoming something new and it's not very far from you and I'm going to take you from an upper room out onto street level. And words like there's going to be a traditional service and there's going to be this big warehouse, kind of big box, and I'm going to pour out my spirit. You're like, yes, this is so good. There's such a celebration of the prophetic word. But the celebration of the prophetic isn't just to stay there. It means now there's a time of preparation. And so often it's in the time of preparation that we can lose heart and and give up. And this morning I want to provoke us. This morning I want to challenge us to keep going. Today, prepare yourselves for tomorrow, and I'll do amazing things. People don't live up to their potential. They live up to their preparation. Talking about preparation. Most people don't prepare for the moment. They wait for their moments and then they prepare. But if we plan, if we fail to plan, then we plan to fail. Preparation is so important. And I believe there's a t- we're in a time right now where God has given us promises and yes, we're to celebrate them and yes, there's a lot of celebration but straight after that comes preparation. When you hear the news like, I'm pregnant, there's such a celebration and those who are pregnant <laughs> immediately after feel like, oh boy, now here comes the preparation now there's some work that needs to be done there's a lot of things that need to get sorted out this is a change of gear it's a change of season it's a change of cycle it's a change of speed there's so much things things that we didn't even think about before now we have to think about and I think this is the reality of what happened when we had the celebrative words that God has spoken about this house and about the future and we heard the celebration which went into preparation Paul says, I make it my goal to see every man, to see Christ fully formed in you, fully formed in you, to see every man complete in Christ. That involves preparation to be fully formed. I just say this as well, what informs you, forms you. Information that we receive is the very thing that causes us to be formed. That's why we need to be careful what information that we take on board, what information we receive. Above all things, Proverbs says, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Information is the thing that forms you, inform you. It's like entertainment. Entertainment, the word tain is to take a hold of, so entertainment is that which enters you to take a hold of you. We need to be careful what enters us to take a hold of us. I make every, I make it my goal, Paul says, to see you complete in Christ and church. So often it's the preparation. When we don't realize we're in a season of preparation, and that's the purpose of my mandate this morning is to, is, to, is to just paint a picture of the season that we're in right now as a church. It's a season of preparation because we've had the celebration of the word. Now there's a preparation and there's work to be done in order to give birth to the dream, in order to take the promised land in order to to take hold of that very thing that Christ Jesus took hold of us, in order to take hold of those promises, and they will happen. And you know the truth is, God will wait for another generation if he has to. But I want to suggest and provoke us this morning that we can seize the day and take a hold of the promises of God in our generation. Amen? Is anybody with me today? Okay, shout, hallelujah, amen. Okay, all right, you're awake, good. Prophetic words aren't just for celebration, they're for preparation. God spoke to us as a house about the youth. He spoke to us prophetically that God, that there was a whole movement going to start from this house. And when you look in the natural and you see a few young people, you think, wow, how is this going to happen? Woo! We love the prophetic word. We celebrate. It's so good. Did you hear that word? That was amazing. Did you hear how many thousands of people heard that word? Did you hear it It was on TV, that word? It was this. But straight after, when the TV cameras have gone, when you filled your notebook, when you feel that sense of the anointing of the Holy Spirit as he speaks into your spirit man, and there's an enlarging of your spirit followed by that celebration comes preparation. Something old will become something new and it's not very far from you. That was such a specific word. It was speaking of the upper room of the church building that we own in downtown St. Charles. Going from the upper room out onto street level. Right now we're sitting in plastic chairs, metal chairs on street level. And it's not very far from you, says the Lord. It's just just down the street, just a city over and now we're in a wider space, a broader space, a place where we can, where we can spread our wings. A, a room, a, the, the, the schools is, is moving out, which is so sad on one point, And yet it's the end of an era. It's something, you know, death is always life's process. Something has to die in order to make room for something new. That's why Jesus says no one puts a new wine into an old wineskin. If he does, both the wine and the wineskin will be ruined. No, you put new wine into a new wineskin. What's a new wineskin? It's an animal skin. So an animal has to die in order to make room to hold that which is new. Wine is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So death is always life's process. That's why... We are spending time, as I said, focusing on marriage. And to me, honestly, it doesn't matter if there's four people in the room. We are 100% committed. If there's two people, we're 100% committed. I've preached to 14,000 people, and I've preached to four. And I can do both. Because it's not about ego. It's just about being faithful with what God has called us to do. And at, Paul says to King Agrippa at the end of Acts, he says, King Agrippa, I must be faithful to the heavenly vision. And, church, I believe we've got to be faithful, not just in the times of celebration, but in the times of preparation. David, okay, three people really quick. David was anointed king. Most scholars say David was about 15 years old. Everyone say 15. Any 15 year olds here in the room today? Anyone 15? 14? 16? got a few 16 year olds uh, David was about 15 years old when he was anointed king you know the story his father Jesse called Samuel the prophet Samuel the prophet comes with anointing uh, with a horn of anointing oil and he calls and he asked he asked Jesse to bring out his sons and he looks at all the sons starting with Eliab who was the handsome man he was a tall man he was a head and shoulders man he looked like the man that should be king and the, the prophet says, no, it's not you. No, it's not you. No, 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 no. All the way down, he said, is there no one else? It's like, well, there's Dave. But he's kind of like a, he's kind of more of a musician kind of poet. You know, he's just playing his harp somewhere. We don't know. Anyway, these are the boys. These are the, uh, he says, no, go get him. I'm not going to sit down until he gets here. For the sake of time, I don't want to spend too much time on this. because We've talked about David a lot. But here's my point. Samuel the prophet anoints David king with anointing oil right there and then when he walked into the room and then David went back to looking after sheep. In times of preparation, I'm sure that was a great time of celebration when he was anointed in front of his brothers were not too pleased. And if you read on, you see how displeased Eliab was when he shows up at the battle lines to take them pizza, and he says, what did you do with those few sheep? Really condescending. My point is this. David was anointed. It was a time of celebration. Can you imagine the feeling he had? Oh, my gosh. I've just been anointed king. I, was, I don't know what was happening. I was just playing my harp, sitting under a tree, looking after the sheep, and I was playing with my, uh, with my slingshot. And then some guy calls me, and I have to go in and be with my dad, and then someone anoints me as king. Woohoo! And then as soon as Samuel goes, it's like, all right, back to going sheep, looking after the sheep then. What? But I'm king. No, go back. You know, it was in the obscure. It was in the preparation. It was in the being with the sheep. It was being out there in the, in the fields that he learned to kill the lion and the bear. It was that training that he learned to use, that slingshot. It was those, those training. It was that preparation time that he had to go through. So when it came to take down a giant. He was prepared. Church, there's celebration, and then there is preparation. And I want to suggest to you, we're in a time right now of preparation. It's a time of training. It's a time of equipping. You know, when marriages come, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Isaiah says, in Isaiah sixty-one, because He's anointed me to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release from captivity those who are prisoners. We have to be free in order to set other people free. We have to have good marriages in. Order when people come here with terrible marriages which is the purpose of the church to be a light, to be alive to be a resource center to say there is an answer there is a hope and it's the church it's you and me So we've got to get strong. Those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. This is a season of becoming strong. Saying, okay, what is the stuff in my marriage that I need to get sorted out? How can I turn weakness into strength with my children? How can I be a better parent? How can I train my kids better? How can I learn to really know my God better? How can I push in a little bit further? How can I learn to walk in his presence, to stay in his presence? In his presence, there's fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's when we're in his joy that we become strong. And it's when we know God that we become strong. When we become strong, we can do great exploits. This is a preparing time. This is a time for seeing how it all works. How, 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 where are people going to come when they come in? Where are we going to look after the sick when they come in? When are we going to look after those who are addicted to drugs and addicted to all kinds of things and they come through these doors and we're just having a nice service. Stand up, sit down, turn around and go home again. No, this must be a place where the fire of God is, where the power of the Holy Spirit is, where people come in and say, I don't know what is going on in here, but surely God is in this place. But that takes a preparation for us to say, God, I'm not going to settle here. You know there's a divine dissatisfaction you know it's a divine sometimes when you feel unsatisfied and i feel a little bit crusty i feel just a bit burr. i feel a bit dull i feel a little bit gray everything seems a little bit vanilla often it's in those times that god wants to intervene and they're divine setups by god to cause us to go ah, something needs to happen something needs to change and it, it's me I've gone through the celebration and now I'm in the midst of preparation and I'm right here right now. God choose me. Here I am. Change me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Turn me around, God. I want to have your fire again fall afresh on me. Whew, amen. So the second person, the second person was Joseph. Joseph, a young guy again in front of his brothers, has this amazing dream. <laughs> one day you guys are all going to bow down and serve me. Isn't that cool? No. Dad, tell them it's cool. It's cool, son, but maybe don't do that. Well, yeah, anyway, so like I said, you're all going to bow down and serve me. That, because he did that, it took him from a promise, right, into a pit. And the pit took him into the palace. The palace took him into a prison, and the prison took him back into the palace, But if you look at that celebration, if you look at the prophetic word, if you look at the promise, the promise was awesome. Check it out. All my brothers are going to bow down and serve me. This is awesome. I'm going to tell them right now, right here, because they really need to know just how great I am. But from there, they sold him, they put him in a pit, they lied about him, they took his coat. And he goes from there, but because God was with him, he took him from the pit into a palace. But then God takes him, watch this, watch this. He goes from the palace into prison, and it was in prison that he learned to interpret dreams with inmates before he could change a nation through the interpretation of dreams. See, God trains us in obscurity. He trains us out back. He trains us in the lonely places. He trains us in the preparation time. And it's so often if we don't understand the preparation time, we just stay, we get stuck on the celebration. But what about the promise? But what about the promise? But what about the promise? Well, before you get the fulfillment of the promise, there's a process. And before you're ready to really receive the process and the fullness of it, there's some preparation, there's some training, there's some forging that needs to happen in you and me. Amen. The third person was Paul. Paul has a heavenly vision. He's on the Damascus road. He's 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 spewing threats against the church. God knocks him off of his horse, blinds him for 3 days, causing him to look on the inside. You know when you're blind on the outside the only place you can look is on the inside. And it caused him to look on the inside. And for those three days when he came up, scales came off his eyes. And God spoke to him, first of all, about he he was his chosen instrument. But then, followed by that, I'm going to show you how much you have to suffer. In fact, there were times that Paul says, the only thing I know for sure when I go to the next place is in prison and hardship await me. But Paul had a vision. He had a heavenly vision. And then... He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, we're hard-pressed on every side, perplexed, crushed, struck down, but not abandoned. And he says, for these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us. Everyone say, achieving for us. This is, this is amazing. For these light and momentary troubles, everyone say, troubles. troubles, 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 troubles. The troubles are achieving for us a glory. The word glory there means weight. You're achieving for us a weight that far outweighs them all. Troubles, we need troubles in order to carry weight. James says it like this, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because it is the testing of your faith that produces perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that we can become mature and complete and lack nothing. So it's the actual trials actually produce something for us. They actually cause Christ to be fully formed in us. It's that preparation. It's the going through the valley of the shadow of death that we learn so much. You know, you can only have a shadow if there's a light. The light never goes away. It's just a shadow of death, but we go through. The key is that we go through. If you're going through hell, just keep going. And you'll come out the other side and you'll go through the refiner's fire. You'll come out not smelling like smoke if you keep a great attitude and Christ will be formed in you and there will be something of his glory, something of his gold that will be reflected on you as a result when you come out the other side. So the first person is David, the second is Joseph, the third is the Apostle Paul for these light and momentary troubles. Troubles achieve weight, a weight of glory. Troubles cause us to become stronger. Troubles cause Christ to be fully formed in us troubles, when we're on the journey to get the manifestation of the celebration, which was from the promise, when God gives us a promise, there's a celebration, then there's a preparation, waiting while we wait for the manifestation, the manifestation in this house church is going to be the fulfillment of what God's word has said, and that is, there's going to be a movement, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there's going to be so many souls saved. And, you know, just talking with Sam and, and, and Tim and the, 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 the youth leaders and just seeing, just, you know, being faithful like, just like a drum, just being faithful to what God has said. And boom, you know, I walked here with some people from the UK. They'd fly in, flown in this week to talk about uh, the refinery and, and uh, training for next year and international students coming in um, to be here with us to get trained to go to the, to the four corners of the earth. And we walked through the gym here just showing them. They said, we want to see this, this gym. We want to hear about this prophetic word. We're hearing about it. We want to see it. And we walked out the back and youth group was going on. And there was like 30 kids, most of them not in the church. And suddenly it was like, I see, I see, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. It's happening. It's happening. But the backdrop... After the celebration was just preparation. It, it was the backdrop of, of having meeting after meeting after meeting, hour after hour, sitting with leaders from around the world, saying, "How can I be released from not doing this and not do this anymore? And could you do this? And how will we figure out this so that I can be here because I want to be a part of what God is doing and is going to do in this house?" But it, but but in the process, but in the preparation. I see people lifting up you know stages and and putting up drapes and and tr- pushing through, and battling through, and people not showing up, and then loads of people showing up, and, and then my my own dear wife coming back with a, a bad back for, for three days, because she strained it, carrying around furniture, but but in it all, then I see I, I'm sitting in a restaurant, and, and Josh, who's not here today, comes up to me, and he taps me on the shoulder, and he says, I just want to tell you, my life was a mess, I just wanted to tell you that this is my backdrop, this is my story, this is my history, my life was such in ruins, and then I I gave my life to Jesus, and I met this person in the church, and they showed me this, and this person, and this happened, and this happened, and I just got baptized in water yesterday at the washclothes pool, and I just wanted to say, I'm so thankful to Jesus, and I'm like, "I I see, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And suddenly it's like, honey, I know your back is bad and we're just going to pray for you. And Jane Flynn came and helped her and it's like, it's, it's hard. It's, it's tough. There's so much work and we're pushing. You know, when you have a baby, there's a lot of pushing that gets involved. When you first see the test, pregnant, positive, it's so exciting. And then reality steps in, kicks in. Trust me, I know. I'm just kidding. And suddenly you feel sick. And suddenly you start throwing up. And suddenly you're exhausted. And I what happened to that positive side? What happened to the plus side? Why is this so difficult? We seem so much, so much work. We hadn't planned on this. We hadn't planned on buying a crib and a stroller and changing our car to a family van and buying a bigger house and changing the carpet and painting the rooms. Where's the money gonna come from? Oh, but what was once a celebration now has kicked in to preparation and church, it's work. And it takes a team. And when there's the actual delivery, it gets really messy. <laughs> you know, when we found out, I remember that we were having twins. It was our feet. We'd been married five years. We were at Bible college in England. We thought there's no... Uh, you don't have to have medical insurance. This is a great time. We've only been here for nine months. This is a great time, my strategic planning mind, to have a baby. Like, so we'll start right now, and then we'll just we'll have the baby right at the end. Well, two months went by, nothing. And then he was pregnant with twins, and then I found out they came early. Woohoo! Perfect planning. Double blessing. So the, it was an Indian doctor. And he said, oh, got a little surprise for you, I think. One baby, two baby. And I went, Yes! Yes! Fee kind of passed out, like, what? I was so excited. Why? Because I prayed for twin boys. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Yes, so. So, now we're getting ready for twins, and Fee's a runner, and she loves exercising, and every day we'd go down, and we'd swim in the pool, and every month she'd just get lower in the water until she could hardly swim while I sat in the hot tub with the other students. Anyway. So now it's coming time for the babies to be born, and you know there's, lots of, there's a whole story behind that. We were told they had um, twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, and one was going to die, and all the rest of it, um, and we removed them to one, from one hospital to another, and now I'm an hour away. I'm in the last week of Bible College before we graduate, and Fee's on bed rest. She's in hospital waiting for these babies to come, and at 4 o'clock in the morning, I get a call, the babies are coming. And I jump in my car, and I called my dad, and I woke him up. And I said, it's raining because we're in England, and it's always raining. And I'm driving along the highway, and my tires are bald because I've got no track on them because I'm a student and I can't afford new tires. And I'm flying along the highway, sliding all over the place. I said, Dad, can you meet me? So he met me on the motorway halfway, and then he was in his car, and we drove 140 miles an hour. It was awesome. Never seen my dad drive so fast. And we got to the hospital and over an hour away, and we pulled in, and I was running through the hospital. And as I got to the reception, I slid past the reception. I went, Father of Twins? I said, yeah. She said, that way. So I ran down the corridor. I burst through the door. They said, go and put all your suit on. So I put my, all my gear on, went into the room, and I said, thanks for waiting. They all looked at me. We weren't waiting for you at all. And I was like, oh, okay. But it looked like they were just about to pull out, pull out Isaac. And so this, bit, bit, as I got there, I realized, oh, oh my gosh. This is really chaotic. <laughs> this... This is, I thought this was going to be the best bit. Like, or maybe the second best bit. I, but this is, this is going to be, this is, this is so awesome. The babies are going to be born right now right now, they're going to be born, and I'm so excited, and I'm trying to get involved, and then I can hear beeping, and sirens, and, and people running around, and this chaos, and, and there's blood, and I look at Fee's face, and she's completely white, and then I put my hand, hold her hand, and it's like putting my hand in a vice, and then I'm going blue, I'm like, what's going on? What's that, the baby's okay? And they're just focused, you know, and Fee had to have a C-section, so they're getting the babies out, and, and uh, Isaac comes first, and then Judah, and then they take the babies away, and I don't know, what's going on, Fee, are you okay? And I don't really know what I'm trying to do, and Can I cut the cord? It's like, uh, is that my job? Is that her job? Is it the twins' job? Whose job? I don't know. What's going on? But it was chaos. Everyone say chaos. It was chaos. It was chaos. And then they said they were really concerned for fee, and so fee went this way, and the babies went this way, and I just stood there with nothing. Like, uh, this wasn't really how I thought. I went 140 miles an hour. I went through three speed cameras to get here. I thought this was going to be the second greatest moment but here I am and everybody's gone see I just want to say this you know in Genesis it says there was chaos the earth was formless and void another word for that is chaos the word the world was chaos and the world was submerged in water everyone say water I'm going to save this for another time because we're running out of time. I'm going to close in a moment. But there's something about water. You know, for the first nine months of your life, unless you were a twin or you came early, you lived in water. You started, the preparation was in water. I don't have time to go into this, but you ever thought for a moment that it was was Jesus and John the Baptist that were both in water at the same time? At the beginning of their lives. you ever thought about the fact that they both stood in water when John baptized Jesus later on? I don't have time to detour. There's something about water. I'm coming to a close. I have no idea where I am in my notes. I just completely lost. Uh, Okay. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. So, anyway. um, I'm going to stay with the water. Stay with the water. The world was in chaos. Thank you, thank you. God isn't, God isn't repelled by chaos. I believe God is attracted to chaos. When there was chaos, when the world was formless and void, where there was chaos, it was submerged in water. The Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep, waiting to take something that was chaotic, submerged in water, and call it and start to create something for something to come to life. And church, when we're in a season of chaos, when we don't really know what's going on, I want to suggest to you this morning that the Spirit of God is hovering, ready, and waiting to turn something chaotic into something creative because he is the creator. And the Spirit of God began to create. And he said, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. And from the chaos, he starts to, to create. And there's a celebration as God speaks. And as he speaks, things come alive. And as he speaks, there is the sun. And then there is the moon. And then there's day and night. And for five days, God is preparing something. He's preparing a place and in one day he prepares a man. He spends five days preparing a place and he takes one day to prepare a man. You know, God is a God of preparation and he prepares a place for us. He was, pre- he was preparing an earth for us. He is a creator. So when church we're in the middle of, of chaos, I want to suggest to you: God is not repelled by chaos, God is attracted to it because it's from create chaos that God God becomes creative the Archbishop of Canterbury 400 years ago made this statement if you want to see what God is doing look for where the church is unsettled restless and out of balance because it's on the edge of that that you'll find a move of God ha! church it's on the edge of that and some people don't like the mess. Some people don't like the muck, the chaos, the screaming, the, the, the alarm bells, babies. What's going on? Oh, it's freaking out. I don't know what's happening. I just went at the plus sign. I just like the promise. What's up with the process? I like the celebration. What's up with the preparation? I don't know what's going on. How can this be? Is this God? Maybe it's not. And God is there saying, so keep going. You're in the stage of preparation, but I'm in a prison having prophetic words and dreams for inmates. Don't worry, I'm preparing you. I'm preparing a place for you, and it's a palace, but you have to go from the pit to the prison in order to get to the palace. And it was from there, in that prison, in the place of obscurity, in the place of preparation, that God, that he came out with a 14-year plan by a dream of about famine, and about harvest and prosperous times. It's in those places. It's in this place right now that we learn about ourselves. that we learn about becoming strong, that we learn not to give up, that we say, God, this is why I'm here on planet Earth, and I'm going I'm to be faithful to the heavenly vision, and I'm not going to look back, but I'm going to press on to win the prize for which Christ Jesus is calling me heavenward. In Christ Jesus, it's important that we prepare a place than anything else. Psalm 16. And I'll close with this: I will show you the path of life. Sixteen, verse, Psalm sixteen, verse eleven. I will show you the path. Everyone say the path, not a path, the path. I will show you the path. There's one path. I will show you the path of life and in my presence there is fullness of joy. Church, when we're on the path, not a path, when we're on the path, we will find life, and we will find his presence, and in his presence there's fullness of joy. And church, I want to, I just want to provoke us today that let's stay in his presence. Let's stay on the path. It's so easy. You know, have you ever thought the fact that Israel crossed over They left Egypt, they left a place of slavery, they went through the waters of baptism when when the waters covered the Egyptians and destroyed them all, which is an Old Testament picture and foreshadow of water baptism in the New Testament. It was dead, done, the enemy was completely defeated, but then, even with those promises, they wandered around for 40 years, and they grumbled and complained even when they saw miracles every day. you ever thought about that? They had quail, they had manna, their shoes didn't wear out they were seeing a fire by day a fire by night and a cloud by day following what god had said and yet some of them said we just it was better when we were slaves it was better when we were back in egypt we got three square meals a day and it's like you're serious you want to go back there's so much more there's so much ahead god brings us into wide open spaces psalm 16 i will show you the path of life in his presence there is fullness of do- joy. Adam. Uh, Shauna or the musicians, if you can come, I'm going to close in just a sec. Adam, the Bible says in, in Genesis that Adam walked in the cool of the day. Everyone say the cool of the day. You know, the, the word there is ruach. Just so stay with me for a moment. I'm nearly done. Stay, stay with me. Everyone say ruach. You know, God wasn't really just talking about temperature. Well, it was like three in the afternoon. You know, when it's like really cool in the day. He was really, church, watch this watch this, Adam walked in the ruach of God. He walked in the breath of God. He walked in the presence of God in the cool of the day. He walked in the ruach of God. He walked in the presence of God. And when Adam sinned, watch this, he was not banished from the earth. He was banished from God's presence. And church, because of the cross, because of what Jesus did on the cross... We now don't have to do things for love and for acceptance. Now we have access to the Father. Now we can come boldly before his throne of grace. Oh, wow. I believe, church, that we're in a time of preparation. And I'm here to tell you this morning, just to tell us where we're at. We've had so many promises I believe some people die with unfulfilled promises because we just wait for them to come to us rather than realizing, no, there's a preparing, there's a preparation, there's a, there's a forging, there's stuff that we have to go through in order to achieve them. When they got into the promised land, then they faced giants. But God said to Joshua, Joshua, Moses is dead. You can't find him because I went for a walk with him and I came back. On my own. So I don't want you to build monuments to the past. I want you to pursue the words I've given you for your future. Joshua, I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous. Joshua, I want you to be very strong. And I want you to be very courageous. Again, Joshua, I'm telling you again, I want you, Joshua, to be strong. I want you to be very courageous because I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you all the days of your life. But you must be strong. And today, I want you to consecrate yourself. Today, I want you to get yourself ready. Today, I want you to prepare yourself. Don't just get held up with the celebration, with the positive. Recognize. That there's a, a time of preparing you so that you're ready to take on the giants. Take, take the time that this time of preparation so you're ready to take on the lost as they come in. And church, as surely as I'm stood here, it will happen. As surely as I'm stood here, it will happen. I'll bet the rest of my life on it. But we have to get ready. And just put your hand on your belly for a moment. You know another woo another in John chapter seven. It says this, but I'm gonna read it. On the last day of the great the greatest feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, if everyone say if. If. Wherever there's a promise, there's an if. But Jesus in a loud voice says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scriptures said, streams of living water will flow from in his belly. Another translation, there's water again. Streams of living water will flow from his womb flow streams of living water will flow from the inside that doesn't almost even make sense sounds like an oxymoron if you're thirsty how can you drink from what's already in you because it's the spirit of the living God that is in us and if we're thirsty then spring up a well spring up a well And church, this morning, I believe Holy Ghost wants to touch us. He wants to refresh us. He wants to remind us. He wants to restore us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to bring joy to us. And remember that after the celebration comes preparation. And after the preparation, number three, comes the manifestation the manifestation of the promise. And church, there's a manifestation coming in this house. But this house needs to get ready in preparation for the manifestation. I was gonna say it again. Church, we've had a celebration. We're in preparation for the manifestation. We've had a celebration. We're in preparation for the manifestation. We've had celebration. We're in preparation for the manifestation. There's a manifestation that will come when we are ready. For tomorrow I will do great things amongst you, but today you must get ready for tomorrow. And church, we're in the midst of it right now. People get like, ah, oh, well, we have to readjust. Why are we in a building where we have to break down? Before it was bad back there, we could just sit and sit. We just didn't have any setup. We could sit in those blue chairs. Didn't we own comfy chairs and this? Oh. Don't, don't, don't grumble and complain actually that was actually in the word from brian simmons so there'll be no more grumbling don't grumble don't grumble don't do it not for my sake but for the lord's sake say god i'm here i'm here god i'm gonna lift up my head and god i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be involved and god i'm gonna find out how i can serve we were in a a marriage thing this week and someone came up to me and said hey uh, you know i i heard there's a there's a booth that needs to be built can i can i build it can i what can i do It's like Nehemiah, what can I do? I'm a silversmith, but i got a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. There's a manifestation. When the baby was, when our twins were born and they're 17 this week, there was a team of people, busy. Nurses, midwives, doctors, equipment, being moved around. I felt a little bit lost sometimes. What's happening? But at least the people that knew what they were doing knew what they were doing, and they were focused on it. I was like, thanks so much for waiting. they like, we didn't wait for you, sunshine. Church, there's a preparation. There's a, there's, there's a manifestation coming, but we need to get ready. Streams of living water flow from within. Just close your eyes for a moment. Oh. For those who are pregnant, <laughs> there's an adjustment. For those who, God, there's something in you, even this morning, you know there's a pregnancy. You know inside of you there's, there's something that God has said. You know there's a divine dissatisfaction. I want to say again that that disturbance, that divine dissatisfaction, that chaos that you're feeling, I want to suggest to you it's the Spirit of God. Stirring. It's in the preparation. It's in the trying. It's in the, the, the growing pains. That at times there's not you don't actually feel the blessing. But when it's time to push, it becomes really painful. When it's time to push, it becomes painful. When it's it's time to push, it comes messy. And it takes a team of people. But church, a few hours later, I had my wife back, sitting up in bed with two twin boys under a heat lamp. The nurses left We held these babies in our hand and said, God, thank you for your faithfulness. The celebration was awesome. The preparation was tough. But the manifestation left us completely amazed at His goodness. And I promise you this, church, the manifestation if we will stay on the path of life, if we will stay in his presence where there's fullness of joy, the manifestation will be amazing. It will amaze you. It will amaze me. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where I've been absolutely amazed, saying there's nothing I could have done to have done this. Only God. Just one more time, put your hand on your belly. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for seeds of destiny that you've planted. I thank you for every promise. I thank you for every celebration. I thank you for every dream. I thank you for every prophetic word that you've ever spoken. And today, God, I asked that there would be a leaping in the womb. There would be a leaping of those prophetic words again. From the youngest person to the oldest person in this room. Dreams would be fulfilled, promises followed by process that would end in great manifestations and leave us absolutely amazed. Lord, I ask that we would hold on to those words, those prophetic words, those things that that you would help us this week, Holy Spirit, for them to stay alive. And that you would put them in context as we see your great plan and your great purpose. We would see them in context. And we would see our life in context, even though we're going through a dark and trying season. That we would understand the season of preparation that is essential for the season of manifestation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.